Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast, made in association with Wave Motion Canon. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, Twitter, and sometimes the Wave Motion Cannon YouTube page. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at waterwaydeshow at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. What up, y'all? We out here. Yep. A stream of thought. Yep. MMO time. Yep. We're here. Anyway, let's talk about MMO Junkie. Netaju no Susume. I, the subtle doctor, am one of your hosts. And with me is the ever jocular, ever present, ever scum dipping Shaden. Yo, how's it going, everyone? Are you ready to dive into the episode before the episode before the final episode? Well, when you put it like that, no, because damn it, it's almost over. It it's the the I end know. is in sight. I know. Uh, but who who boy, a lot happened in this oh, episode. Oh, it absolutely, man, it absolutely did. Uh, some of which I was very appreciative of, and some of which I was less so about. But, if you'll allow me, I want to do a brief bit of housekeeping before we begin. Um, Specifically with two points. Uh, First off, um, I'm going to somehow get this put in the post uh, that will come up with this particular episode. Uh, But I want to give a quick shout out to an article that I spotted in an anime Discord recently on this show uh, by a person named Karen. Uh, Shouts to Karen if you're listening. Uh, Karen did an article discussing uh, gender and how it plays into uh, recovery of an MMO junkie and is... A pretty brilliant read, I would argue. It's very much worth your time. So uh, the link will be in the thingamabob, uh, wherever it may be, attached to this particular post. So please take time to have a read of it. Yeah, the blog is Otakusphere, ah. and the author is Karen. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a really, really nice read. Um, very uh, incisive analysis from her about the show. Absolutely. Indeed. And the other bit of housekeeping voice broke, because I don't know if there's any real point which it would be appropriate to bring up in the in the episodes itself, but I feel like we've got to get this done before we finish this show. Um, Macross fans out there. <laughs> specifically, <laughs> Macross Frontier fans. Um, uh, if you've been having a bit of odd deja vu when you've been listening to the OP of this particular show, um, the singer who does the OP is, and I apologise profusely to her and anyone else 
who's anal retentive about my pronunciation of names in general. I mean, I can't even pronounce my own name correctly half the time. Never mind a Japanese one. But anyway, um, the singer is... And his uh, and his real name is only one syllable, so that's really saying it's something. It's pretty bad, and that's even when I'm sober. <laughs> like At that point, when I'm drunk, it's just high bullshit at that point. It's <laughs> incomprehensible. But uh, the lady who sings the OP for this particular show is Megumi Nakajima. Um, how did I rate on that, by the way? Was that like a five out of ten? No, that's fine. Yeah, Woo! that's perfectly fine. Woo! Yes! Yes! I'm sorry. I, I, I was just very proud of myself for a, a brief moment. Um, but Megumi Nakajima, now, if that name is familiar to you because you're a Macross Frontier fan, uh, it should be because that is the lady who voices and sings as Ranker Lee. Would you fucking Indeed. believe it? Like, I, when I found that out, I was like, Oh no! Oh, I, I knew the show was good, and now it's just better. Now, it, now it's just even better than it was before. Totally, totally. I really, I love her stuff a lot. Yeah, the the OP so, for the show is yeah. fantastic as well. By the way, I, it's genuinely a really great song. Um, so sure. another open request I'm going to put out to would be video editors: there, if someone wants to substitute the <laughs> OP from Recovery of an Emo Junkie over any one of Ranker's musical performances from Macross Frontier. Because I'm fairly certain you could quite clearly <laughs> slide over. Uh, you go right ahead. Uh, I will again pay you in Kit Kats. Uh, I have plenty of those at the moment. So if you want a Kit Kat, are are you like? Do you work for Nestle or whoever owns Kit Kats? Is it more? Are you the are you the international Kit Kat exchange? I, I'm hoping that one day they'll sponsor me as a fighting game player, so I could be you know. <laughs> Kit Kat shaded. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. um, I got a recent trove of Kit Kats as a part of a birthday present from work. Like, the, what? One of the ladies literally bought me like twenty of them. Not thirty? You'd think it it would be thirty. I'm pretty sure it's actually closer to thirty when you count when you since, count. Since you're, you know, it would be the the to reflect your age. Yeah. Um, also, yes, for people who are thankfully blissfully unaware i am now uh 30 years old my birthday was at the time of recording two days ago um so that's it it's all over now um it's been fun um many happy returns thank you thank you uh, but yes, I am now officially ancient. Like, from this point on, in order to tell how old I am, I'll need to, you know, use a carbon dating tool. And fuck my life, I didn't even get one during Black Friday. That's... I just... <laughs> what was wrong with me? God damn it. Could have bought one on the cheap from Amazon Prime, but I didn't think to do that, did I? It's still it's still Cyber Week, so you never know what you'd be able to find. Uh, and now Vorgalia is the only sort of official host of this podcast who has not reached the otaku expiration date yeah pretty much and she she will she will remain on the other side of that dividing line for some time that is true so i suppose at least if i can't find a carbon dating tool i'll hopefully be able to find a retirement home plan on amazon i mean can i get one of those on black friday please vorgalia if you're listening which i know you're not because you never listen to your, your own goddamn podcast. Boo! get ready because now you know since you host with these two old men like we're going to be living vicariously through you. So now you have to go out and party. And have wild, you know, fun debauchery, uh, orgies, the, the wine flowing like beer, and what have you. And, and we, again, we will live our lives vicariously through you now that we are past the age of, of fun and 
going to we're going to be eating at 4:30, going to bed at 7. Um our joints will ache too much to go to the club, so yeah, get ready for that. I mean, I wasn't even hungover on my 30th birthday. I went out the night before and spent like 12 hours drinking and so I woke up and did not have one. So I've I've failed. I I'm done. That's it. It's over. The only course of action for me now is obviously to quit my job and become a niece and just play MMOs all day. It's like cut to her driving by in a topless open convertible, like <laughs> holding a stack of like burned money, laughing, like the money's on fire and she's just laughing and then cut back to us like playing checkers. <laughs> yep, that's it now, folks. It's It's all over. But what's not over? What is not over is the actual show. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. No, no. So um, I believe this episode, by the way, is called One Step Forward, which makes me... Until at least I saw the ending and I've got the hints of what the next episode style was, I was really terrified that the next episode will be called Two Steps Back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Same. Lord, I was, Lord, Lord I was knows, so scared. Lord knows between Sakurai and Moriko that th- that would happen. Like... They have literally been inching ever so slightly closer to each other and coming to understand each other every single time. And then you get someone like Captain Cockblock himself, Kawhi, come in and just... <laughs> uh. But anyway, let us discuss episode oh, eight. So, Doc, t- lay on us. Tell us what happens. Yeah. This episode should be called The Worlds Collided. Because... <laughs> I blew the fuck up. Jerry, don't you see this world here? This is George's sanctuary. If Susan comes into contact with this world... His worlds collide. <laughs> you know what happens then? <coughs> God, yeah. Kramer was right. It should be called Kramer was, was right. Uh, but let, no, let's hope he's not right ultimately about this. Anyway, all right. So in this episode, we at the beginning get like a really kind of fun reenactment of the plot so far on a tiny stage done by what appear to be stickers. Yes. That are animated very, like, well, not a lot. And it's really cute. And mm. I believe that's the voice actor that plays Marioka that's doing the very exaggerated um, summary there. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Yes. I have to be Mr. No Fun here. Because now I'm <laughs> old. That's it. There's no more fun allowed. Yep. But yep. Isn't a recap at, like, episode 8 of a 10-episode show a bit superfluous? Well... Yes. Um, I, I, it's good. It's a good recap. At least it was only like a minute long, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like a clip show. That's true. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> you're entirely it, right. And it was very cute. It was all new shots, at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. So thank God for that, right? Yeah. To be fair, I was recently spoiled by Kill the Kills recap, which when it happened, I was like, oh, shit. I've got a, I've got a whole recap episode ahead of me, and then and then the narrator's literally like, "Oh no, we know you're totally into the fast pace of this show, so we're going to keep this exceptionally brief." And they did, to their credit, and it was in a show which was like sixteen episodes in, and every single episode, I was like, "I can't cope. There's too much going on. This is insane." So, so I, I so was, much happening I was, show. I was spoiled about, but that's a different cast for a different time in the future. Anyway, please continue. Yep. After that, we get. Like the first in a series of really important events that happen this episode, we get um, the flashback, the flashback to Sakurai's past. We find out that his his parents died early in his life, like ever since the time, like basically he can't remember his birth parents, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he was adopted by the Sakurai family, who were an elderly couple who passed away when he was. Um, 
I think when he was still a student, like he actually, <laughs> the character doesn't look that much different. So it was hard to tell. I yeah. picked up context clues later on in the episode uh, to figure out that he was still a student at the time. That's correct. Uh, when, yeah, when his, his adopted parents passed away and, and he moved into his own smaller house, a student staying in a huge family house. Like, you know, that's a lot to keep up with and a lot to kind of uh, cope with uh, when, you know, you're feeling, I guess, lonely, right? Like you're, yeah. your parents had passed and, and you had this huge house all to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I lived in a studio apartment by myself for three years. And of course, that's just an apartment studio size. So one bed um, and a joint kitchenette and living room area. And even that felt huge and lonely for me personally. So God mm-hmm. knows I wouldn't be able, I understand Sakurai's thinking on that entirely. Like, how, <laughs> big cavernous space with nothing in it, nothing moving. Yeah, let get somewhere smaller, I think. Um, I have to say, because again, I'm going to be Mr. No Fun here. I'm going to be Mr., you know, <laughs> Mr. Overly Critical overly cranky pants yeah cranky that's it i mean clearly i need to you know be put back in my room at this point you know oh get old man shaded away he's being grouchy again the problem i have with all of this up until the point in which sakurai starts discussing the mmos that he's into is that it violates the old show don't tell thing um we like he says he gets bullied when he he got got bullied when he was a kid because of his hair color which i found absolutely bizarre I cannot recall in my life having ever seen anyone get bullied for their hair color unless they were ginger. This is a Japanese thing. Uh, because he has, you know, natural blonde hair, which Morioka uh, pointed out in episode two, like, oh, wow, like, his hair looks natural. Like, that's uh, cool. But but when you're a kid and you're the only kid with natural blonde hair. Yeah. Well, in, in, in your, maybe, maybe in your entire school. Yeah, I, I see. I, to be fair, there is the equivalent thing with with ginger people or redheads, um, right? Especially mm-hmm, redheaded mm-hmm. boys. Like back in like the eighties and seventies, it was always the thing that like you know gingers would get the shit bullied out of them for having ginger hair in high school. God, you Brits are mean. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus! Don't don't even get me started. Okay, so I'll forgive the hair thing then. Um, the elderly parents thing, I suppose. Yeah, I, I kind of get that. Like you know. Like, Sakurai goes to sports day, and obviously, you know, his adoptive parents are going to be there, so they're not going to actively be able to participate because they're old, so that's obviously going to be a bit, point off a little bit for, like, for that, you know. And then, of course, there's always the usual, well, my dad could beat up your dad in a fight, and what's Sakurai's response to that? He's, he's 70. He can't fight back. He's old. <laughs> he's, not, he's not Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. He can't do that. Who is? Well, that's true. Um... Well, the, I think the problem I have with this though is, is like that this is all told and we don't see any of it and it just feels mm. like we need to just very quickly crowbar this in so we can like give Sakurai a reason to play MMOs as opposed yeah. to just the very simple reason which doesn't need any explanation of because he genuinely enjoys them like it feels a bit late in the game to point this in. I mean I, I already felt a bit odd about this strange twist um, of like perspective from Morico to Sakurai in so much as how well Yeah. And on the same on the same token though, I don't actually mind it because one of the complaints I feared I would make, and I suggested in the previous episode, was that I don't want it to be the case that Morico meets a man and that solves all her problems. Um 
much in the same way as I wouldn't want Sakurai to meet a woman and have that solve those problems. But I actually don't mind it so much if it's both of them coming together and helping each other out. I think that, you know, that sometimes that can actually be the case that, you know, you meet someone who does help you through your troubles, just as long as you don't mm-hmm. then become reliant on them. So I think that grounding Sakurai, giving him more humanity in this way, even if it is a bit ham-fisted how it's executed, is still welcome in some in some way. In a previous episode, um, when he mentioned that he sought refuge, or so he thought, in the escapism and anonymity of MMOs, when you just read that on paper... I think you could assume a lot of different things about the character based on just that line, but the way they executed it and, and acted it, I think that it um, it kind of hinted at some some pain in his past. Mm. Uh, and, and that, you know, the MMOs being the, the reason, uh, or sorry, MMOs being the escape from that pain. I mean, this this could totally be something that I am reading into it um and is, is super subjective and i agree with you it it's very quick I, I suppose it would be good if more groundwork was laid for it and more development but but i do think that morioka is still the main character so um i guess i guess they feel like they can't spend too much time on it but they want to get it i mean it's 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 a hard it's a hard thing to do this this show should really be 12 episodes i get that yeah i i think that's right I think this ties back to what I said about Morioka's uh, work issues not getting the proper amount of depth that they deserve. Um, there are, of yes. course, yet. Well, there are still two episodes. We're not we're not out of the woods yet, so to speak. Not that I want to leave, of course, but um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm going to say what I've always said. If I have any, I have two kinds of complaints. One where I avoid more, and one where what I got was crap. And pretty much all the complaints I've leveled at this show so far, with one or two minor exceptions, such as Kowai's behavior, um, have been, Mm -hmm. I want more. So I think insofar as, you know, those two categories of complaints goes, I'll take that over the other, which is Sawdass Online. That's the third reference I've made to it now in this entire series. One day I'll go back. More more like... No. Sucks art online. Am I right? More like crock a shite. No, just just crock a shite. <laughs> let's let's not even let's not even make a rhyming pun here. Let's just call it what it is. A crock of shit. So, okay. Um so anyway, I'll I'll leave that aside for the time being. So, um I believe that we've now gone to the point in which uh, Sakurai has indulged himself in a new uh, the MMO, uh, Nanta SG it was you mentioned, was that right? Oh, uh, I didn't mention the name, but that is correct. Mm. Uh he he got very involved in that MMO, and he found a family. Mm. Uh, and as we mentioned uh, on a previous episode, that was the big draw for him: is that kind of community. Yeah, he ha- he has a very specific line with regards to actually, which I thought was very interesting, where he said that with an MMO, you could be alone, but not be lonely. Again, a, div- a division like between here's me in person versus the character I'm playing there. Which is interesting when you compare it to Morioka's like own actions, like what I said before about her desire for intimate contact, like close-up physical contact, despite any aversion that she might have to that, or you know, or any like you know nervousness she might have or reservations. Yeah, like for Sakurai, he's completely comfortable in this clear division. I I do agree though. I think like you know you can certainly be living in a place alone, but if you have like that kind of environment in which you can socialize with people and play with them online. 
um, especially in a cooperative sense. Um, unless you're playing something like, dare I say, Overwatch, because God, co-op on that was painful. That was, yeah, that was a that was a trying time when I played that for about a month and a half, and I realised I couldn't trust anyone to do anything. <laughs> Don't uh, worry, love, Gavory's here. That's literally what was said, and then next thing you know, Tracer has been eliminated. <laughs> Cavalry's dead. Cavalry's here. <laughs> Bang! Headshot. And Tracer was never seen again. <laughs> well, um, I, I, speaking of games, you know, I brought up Soma a few episodes ago. That you did? This inner monologue that Sakura has just made me think of that again and how the brain instantiated in physical body of some people who have a lot of social anxiety. Like, it can really work against you because... Um, you can want community and you can want interaction, but the very personal, uh, up close, you know, physical interaction between humans can also be extremely hard and, and yeah. exhausting and mentally and emotionally draining and, and painful, but it's also something that you need. So it can be kind of a, it can be a vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, and so technology here is providing, an avenue toward relief um, yeah. for certain people like that. And, and in Sakurai's uh, case, you know, they don't go into that side of it, uh, the transhuman stuff, but um, but it is nice for him because he does say, he, you know, that he is more comfortable when he is alone. He can be more at ease, uh, just like Morioka. Um, but they also want community, and they can, you know, have their cake and eat it too, as it were, mm. with Nanta SGN <laughs> You know, Doc, I have to ask, like, are you one day going to suggest um to to your wife, are you gonna to say to her, Do you want to go out for some Frudemir? Um and then she'll and then and then she'll look at you with that kind of like arch eye right, what the and you say, Oh, I'm sorry, I meant red lobster. <laughs> I should I should do that next time we're uh that we travel home to the Gulf Coast. Nice. Uh, where the the seafood is is delicious and fresh. I should Oh, like, you, that now you're making me want sub. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry about that. No. Um, I mean the closest <laughs> the closest coastal town that people travel to near where I live uh, is Blackpool. Um mm. and that's all I'll say about Blackpool because <laughs> Oh, yeah. Blackpool. Yeah. Something I need to bring up, actually, that I've just realized, given what you've said to me. <clears throat> and this is... I'm not going to hold anything I'm going to say now against the show itself. Because um, it's now beyond fair. The show is pretty much about the characters and not about the MMO itself. But I did bring up previously that there isn't really much display of any combat in the MMOs themselves. Like, the vast majority of what happens in the MMO is usually not related to the MMO in of itself, or if it is, it's not to do with any of the combat or challenges inside of it. Um, the loot box, for example, doesn't really count because that's just more of a gambling thing as opposed to something you can definitively overcome yourself. But I wonder, um, I wonder to myself, like, as a former MMO player, if the fact that you're playing a character who has powers and abilities, um, magic, martial, whatever you want to call it, Maybe that in of itself can be a, you know, a good thing to help build your own confidence. Because, that, dare I make the metaphor, but this show has a raid boss more dangerous 
and more potentially devastating than any in through Demare ever will present to either Morocco or Sakurai. And that's their own hang-ups, their own secure insecurities, their own anxieties, and their Bingo. own blo- barriers and blockades to becoming closer as either friends or as a couple when when and if that happens. So, part- what, what was that? That goddamn Nintendo mobile game, the first one they did. Uh, was, uh, I was going to make a joke. What was it called? It was like basically just a chat room. Pass. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I uh, don't, I'm afraid, but listeners at home, please write in. Send us a postcard if you do. God, what was it? It was. I was going to be like, what is this? You, you, you know, Doc. Blah, blah, blah. But I can't you, you, you know, Doc, do it now. You, you are going to go home tonight. You're going to be in bed. You're going to fall asleep, and then you're going to wake up in a cold sweat with the answer, and you're going to scream it at the top of your voice. And this is this is what the French refer to as staircase wit. <laughs> but, I think that you have the best joke ever for the party when you're on the stair descending the staircase to leave the party. Yeah, I've had that happen to me numerous times. Um, but I wonder to myself, like, if the show might have benefited if it could have fit it in somewhere, showing more combat with monsters, like, you know, with the the environment. And having that be, like, the very first stepping stone for Morico's, and then with Sakurai's flashbacks, of course, uh, for him as well, for them gaining a bit of confidence. Like, because the escapism part is not just about what your character looks like, like, defining it's, you know, picking a gender that might not be your own, you know, picking wild hair colours, fashion styles, but also what they're capable of actually doing. And for the most part, we don't really see a lot of um, that in the show. With the noticeable exception of the fact that, of course, in the very first episode, um, something I wish I'd brought up at the time, but bear in mind that Lily is a healer. And what is Sakurai in real life helping Moriko to do? Mitomo. That's what it is. Uh, yes. I just Googled it. Yes. I'm a cheater. Yeah, yeah, it's a- what is this? Mitomo? Oh god. There that would be that would be the joke. If I was a good editor, I would put it there. Well, you've still got a chance up. Make it happen. Continue. Make make it happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what what I'm saying is that like, you know, in the very first episode, like, we learn that Lily is a healer, and over time, Sakurai, through his bits and bobs here and there, is helping Moriko to heal in, in real yes. life. So mm-hmm. I just think to myself, like, maybe it would have been nice to see if the anime would have made an assertion about, you know, Gain that stepping stone. Gain that starting point where, oh, if I can overcome this, I can overcome anything. And then it's like, but can you? Can you overcome yourself? Can you overcome your own inner problems, like your own self-depreciation, your own low self-esteem? Can you overcome that? I mean, oh, yeah, sure, this raid boss. Oh, this one where you've got to, like, do ridiculous tactics. You've got to work really hard to be... Yeah, it's child's play. Oh, uh, but you actually wanted to, you know, ask the man of, you know, your dreams, dare I say, to out to dinner or... You know, do you want to try that? Oh, that that's a bit too much, yeah. So I'm wondering if there was by a bit more that could have been explored there. But I'm not going to hold it against the show because there's already enough going on in here, enough else I'd want to see that they'd be smushing all that in way too much. So just food for thought. I'm going to I'm going to leave that there. We're going to move on past the food for thought and, uh, yes, get to the point in the story where, uh, Sakurai and. Yuki slash Morioka meet in Nanta SG, form a relationship, 
his character, by the way, uh, it goes by the name of Hearth. Mm-hmm. First name Hearth, last name Stone. Oh, um, God. Really? And they, <laughs> they, they oh, party man. up, uh, and all the same kind of traits that Lily slash Sakurai observed in Hayashi slash Morioka uh, and grew to love uh, and enjoy so much in Freedom <laughs> Um Hearth in Nanta SG observes these same things in Yuki. Like her earnestness, kindness, giving it her all, uh, loving to play, uh, all that sort of stuff. And they get to sort of the point um, after showing some different kind of uh, scenes intercut of them working together. They get to their kind of climactic conversation in that game um, in which we've seen part of it before where she talks about how she wants to quit her job, but there are too many new people. And the final thing that Yuki gets to say to Hearth in the game is like, she's very gung ho about her work. And she says that she's going to finish up. She's going to get everything done that she needs to get done at work. I'm presuming that means get everything finalized and ready and in a good spot so that she can leave. And apparently that took a little bit longer than, you know, she originally, uh, well, I mean, I don't know what she planned, but it took it took it was it took more than a couple weeks, right? Um, so. Her final line actually was was simply "I'll see you next week." That was um, right, yeah, right. So I don't think that it was necessarily that she wanted to wrap up what she was doing in preparation for quitting her job, but I think that rather the exact opposite happened in that she ended up quitting the MMO because the work just simply overwhelmed mm. her. Um, gotcha. Even though right. she had the absolute intention of coming back, like that, those were her final words. But then, well, again, we don't know. And again, we would like more in-depth info on the work situation, but we don't know what happened. But that's mm-hmm. my impression that I got. Um, so unfortunately, she never came back to um, Nanta SG. That's the last time that Yuki was ever seen. I I have to rip, add, I have rip to add, Nanta SG. Indeed, I have to add one other thing. By the way. Um, was it just me, or when the when Yuki and Half were about to fight this monster and they were laughing like the children laugh there? Was that not really terrifying? Like if I was if I was like let's say a, an NPC in an MMO, a, a, a sentient one, and I like saw these two like childlike things go <laughs> to me laughing like that, and then they started attacking me and beating me to death. Yeah, it, what a horrible way to go. Like that's some Lord oh of the Flies shit right there. <laughs> I I think all the characters in Nanta SG were 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 children, like yeah. were depicted that way, and it was probably done as a as a visual cue. I'd say yes. Like, at the beginning, you know, when they're having those flashbacks early, their characters are younger, their real life analogs also younger. Yes, you're that, right. That sort of thing happening. I think you're absolutely. Um, but right. it is that's really funny though. <laughs> Just laughing children killing a monster. It's, um, what a scene. Uh, yeah, that's kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Yuki leaves Nantra SG and never comes back, unfortunately. No. Fast forward to the present. 
because Sakurai is kind of rifling through these memories in his head as he is creating his alt in Frudemir. Yep. That he also names Hearth, mm-hmm. except with the English characters. Yeah. So that uh, <laughs> those these fucking creators of the show are just toying with us. They they really because... really are. <laughs> Because you think, okay, he's going to call it Hearth, like, and he looks the same. He looks like an older version of the character. Mm-hmm. This is going to give it away to Morioka. She'll absolutely get it. And nope, doesn't get it. Why? Well, it, at first we we think, like, why doesn't she get it? Like, she doesn't see it. Maybe she's just not thinking. No, it's because she can't read the English characters. Nice one, Sakurai. Just like, No. we're gonna delay it again for but luckily like it you know we get past that yes uh, pretty soon thankfully thankfully you were dead on the money by the way i think we've said that sakurai's out would look basically like i'll I'll give you a tenner for that how's that sound i can paypal that over to dude where's my kit kat international kit kat exchange that's what i can't paypal that though doc i'm sorry you buy yourself many kit kats with 10 quid though it's not the same oh Fine, fine. I'll put it. I'll put it in a box and I'll ship it over. There we go. One Kit Kat to get through. Uh, to get through the Food and Drug Administration. Let's see how yes. that goes. There'll be nothing left of it by the time it gets there. We can film the unboxing and, <laughs> and put it up as as paid content. No, no. The, the, you, it, to be fair, the unboxing will already be filmed by the custom staff who take and eat it. <laughs> so there's that. It'll just be like security footage. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, oh my god. I, I have to say something about the scene though in which um, Sakurai makes his alt. Because this is going to be off a bit of a tangent here, but I've been thinking since we did our last episode in which I think I complained a fair bit about the various coincidences that are happening in this show. And I argued that they were cheapening the actions of the characters. And mm-hmm. I have had a bit of a U-turn on that having thought about it. So... We're all, that is to say, you, me, Doc, and you, the listener, are probably familiar with the dreaded, dreaded narrative phrase of Deus Ex Machina, uh, which probably should have died along with ancient Greece, to be honest, as far as a storytelling technique goes, where shit just gets resolved. I mean, we've had that happen in anime this year. Thank you. Oh, boy. Thank you very much. Uh, but the thing about... I mean, that should be the subtitle of that show. It should be called Kado, Deus Ex Machina. No, Kado, here's... I'm sorry, I spoke the word. I'm uh, sorry, it's fine, sorry. Kado, uh, watch this. This structure, it's referred to as a Kado. <laughs> yeah, there ah. you go. There you go. Ah. Uh, anyway, but the thing about Deus Ex Machina is that Deus Ex Machina always, at least its negative form, usually resolves the situation, resolves the tension, resolves the drama, it's just out of the way. Now, Deus Ex Machina can, of course, also complicate a scenario. Um, in which case, sometimes you think to yourself, this is just nonsense. This is just being made difficult for the sake of it. Like, I remember Final Fantasy IX. The final boss of that just appears absolutely out of nowhere. Oh, my God. Like, that's that was bollocks. That was like, oh, yeah, hi, yeah. boys, I'm Necron. I'm going to get involved in this now. Hey! And I'm that like, was... That's like the only bad part of that game. Yeah. That's a fantastic game, I think. I'm just like, wow. Like They must have literally made, like, what was it, Transcusion, and then be like, oh, shit. This is a, this is a, this is not really a final boss. Just, just crowbar one in. Fuck it, whatever. Uh, but anyway, moving away. a giant 
monstrous guy. Yeah, we need we need a big monstrous dude to do it. But anyway, um, so what I've realized is that my complaints about the contrivances in Agnes, I was kind of viewing them under the wrong lens in that they were making things easier for the characters as opposed to what they actually are doing, which is usually making things more difficult. I mean, yeah. as much as we might say, like, you know, oh, it turns out that Sakurai is... Mar- uh, sorry, why I say Martha? I'm thinking of Fire Emblem. That's not... <laughs> sorry, Ha. Ha. Why does that make me laugh so much? So... <laughs> Like, finding out, for example, that Sakurai was uh, the kid half from Nancer SG all along. Now, on the one hand, you could argue, oh, that just makes it easier for Mariko because she's always known him. But I would argue that based on uh, having thought about this, that given what we know about Mariko's own, like, you know, anxieties and her own reluctance to uh, speak to Sakurai about, like, what she really is into and her introversion, I'd argue that that actually makes things more difficult. Look at how difficult it's made it for Sakurai. Yeah. So, I think that as you've rightly said in the previous episode when you offered your counter perspective to mine, um, it's not a question of all these contrivances coming up that's the issue. It's more how the characters react to them that's the important thing. Because they're all, all of these contrivances are making things more difficult. Like, we as the audience might think, oh, this is easy peasy, like, you know, they know each other already. I think that for both of them, the fact they did know each other is actually making it harder, like, because there's previous expectations. Indeed, that's something that Morika will bring up later, but we'll get to that. But yeah, what I want to say specifically is that this moment in which Sakurai creates his alt and names it half is him finally taking decisive mm. action. Mm-hmm. I, it's a it's a clever move because it's got no consequences to it if it turns out that he was off base, if it turned out that Morico was not Yuki. Uh, he admittedly fucks up royally by putting it in English, but I, whatever, I'll let it slide. I'll let go. Um, but he's making definitive action here. He's actually finally jumping over this barrier in front of him. He's like getting over the hump. So... That's what I was thinking. That's what you basically wanted to see, Doc. Like, here's a contrivance, but it's what the characters do. And what he did has finally got things going. Finally. And it's like a snowball rolling downhill. Yes. From that moment forward. Yes. he, you know, I think he's just like, well, I've crossed this line. I just, there's no, this is the Rubicon. There's no going back. So... And he really, really starts it when one of the <laughs> first things he says uh, as as this Hearth character who, you know, in the beginning, uh, Yuki, Morioka, knows that it's Sakurai, but doesn't know he's Hearth from um, the previous game. He's like, I play a lot of MMOs. I like MMOs. And she has her cute little, like, what? Really? Really? That's amazing. I love MMOs. What did you play? What do you usually play? Yeah. What did you play in the past? <laughs> and yeah. he keeps it going. He does not obfuscate. He doesn't turn away from it. He he says, you know, Nantra SG. And then like the first the first explosion within the mind of Morioka happens, right? Yeah. That I love that little sequence, by the way, brief as it was, where all these memories come up out of the above the screen. She's got like her like just self appearance from the opening at that point. Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. like where the identities have like gelled together in her head as she's realizing where all these have come from. Um that was a really nice little sequence. Um It was. But again, like speaking of defensive action, 
Mariko doesn't immediately recognize that half is, you know, his name, like, because it's Mr. Stone. But she actually then asks him, like, she's thinking to herself, how is that pronounced? Oh, excuse me, half, could you tell me how it's pronounced? And he says, yeah, sure, here you go. And then, boom. But she'd never have known, she'd never have known if she'd not have asked. And she wanted to ask because she knew that it was Sakurai there behind that avatar. So she just thought, you know, it'd be worthwhile asking him. So again, more definitive action, more things going yeah. forward. It was so, that man, those few moments before she asks for like an eternity when they're awkwardly walking together. Yeah. And you're just like, ask, ask the question. I've been like that for the past two episodes in various forms. <laughs> just literally hands on knees, shaking in my chair. And I'm like, say it. I mean, say it. Just like, <laughs> the, the, uh, it's, it's like the creators have set up the world's most elaborate, like, domino line. Yeah. And they're is... just sitting at the end, like, slowly inching their finger toward the first domino. And then they, you keep thinking that they're going to touch it. And then they just look back at you like, yeah, should I touch it? Should I touch it now? And you're just like, do it for the love of God. I, I mean, this is a healing anime that's making masochists out of us. <laughs> I mean, it's paid through pleasure. <laughs> it's it's functioning primarily as a romance now. I feel like it's the healing properties uh that it was having regard you know for me uh it's become much more of a like show where I have to pause it and like stare up at the heavens or like walk around. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's still a good way. It's I actually I don't think I don't find it um frustrating. Like I I feel like that they've done a, a nice job at giving you enough um, character moments and then revelations here in the later part of the show and, and characters finding bits of truth out to like keep you satisfied. Um, especially in this episode, I felt like they really could have dropped the ball if they ended it after a certain f- fucking goddamn bullshit point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thankfully, in the same episode, they... they uh, you know, they solved that. But we'll get there. We'll we'll tell you about that in a, in a, in a minute. Yep. Uh, let's also just very quickly address the fact that uh, Harumi, uh, Kowai, is very briefly in this episode. But thankfully, <laughs> but thankfully, he taps himself out by falling asleep at some point. Uh, on oh, his burger, so dumb. On his burger cushion as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. let's just put it this way. He, he's out of the game now at that point. So relax, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. It's good. The, the dreaded bad ending is not going to come to pass. So, yeah. Whew. Thank Christ. But we still don't... We still <laughs> don't out even, of the fucking picture. <laughs> we, we still don't even know if that was his goal all along. Like, he just fell asleep. Like, was, he could have... I, 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 we could have literally had a scene where he logged off and he was like, well, they're talking now. Let's... Let, right, where's my booze? And then just like, you know, cheers. Or so I don't know, but like, whatever. He, he's no longer a player on the board. Who gives a fuck? If he doesn't appear again in the show, I won't care. Whatever, fine. He he drew he drew sorry. Yeah. He drew go to jail. Go directly to jail. Get out, get off the board. Yeah. You bastard. I hope he never rolls a double. <laughs> we, we can hope. Uh, we can hope. Yes. And did I guess I was surprised that in Morioka's flashback that she gets to talk, you know, or to have her monologue, um, her thoughts about work and Nantra SG and conversations with, with Hearth mm-hmm. once she 
realizes that this is indeed the same hearth is that she said that what she felt was love um, mm-hmm. for that character. Now, the question is, what sort of love? Um, you know, because she knew at the time that he was younger than her. I'm not sure uh, if she knew it was only a couple of years. Like, who knows, right? And she knew it was a student. So that's that's an interesting kind of thing. But But she clearly had very, and we knew this, right? She had very, very strong feelings for Hearth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get very little time in the MMO together once she knows and understands. And because Sakurai sort of is, does his sort of formal goodbyes to everyone, exchanges friend codes, um, this is not a Nintendo game, whatever the fuck they do. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine, that's fine. Get on each other's lists. And then uh, logs out really, really quick. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he's, and, he's, he's fired off his message in a bottle, and it's just now up to her. Which which you could sort of see as almost the opposite of what you, what you said before of him taking decisive action. It almost feels like, like he's punting. He's like, well, I've done my thing. Uh, now I'm just going to leave. I've, I've quickly came in, impressed, and now I'm gone. And, and, you know, I mean, honestly, like who, you know, I can't blame him too much. because He, he was resigned to the fact that because she, she didn't react to his name, I mean, he, of course, did realize that he'd written English, so obviously it didn't make any sense. But because of that, he, and how she reacts, I didn't react to that name. He thought, nope, it was a coincidence all along. I'm just talking out my backside. So I, I kind of get that. And I, I, I don't mind. Like, he, he had a go, at the very least. He tried. I was so fucking happy. Yes. That he just told her in plain language. And that they had a phone call that Morioka like was like you know she is now grabbing hold yes of yes the future and oh, like, like I yes. am calling this guy because we have I, to talk I, about this oh like I've I've made I've made the football <sighs> I've made the football fans cheering in the audience reference and this was one of them when she puts all the dots together all the puzzles complete minus the the one big part which will happen later. Um, but, like, she knows, and she's like, she just reaches for a phone, and I love this shot. She recoils a little bit. She's still unsure. But then she goes and rings him. And I'm like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is, this is not just the football celebration. This is, this is you scoring a goal at the last minute, taking the ball out of the net, running all the way across the stadium to the end where the opposing fans are and just doing the longest knee slide, like just knee sliding. And then you suddenly turn into a golden eye character in N64 where you're just <laughs> knee sliding around the entire stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's, I that's mean, it was, it was incredible. That's what it, it was. was. Inc- an incredible moment. Yeah. So like, when they talked previously on their date, although to me, as I may or may not mention, it felt to me like a beating of the UN Security Council, to be honest. <laughs> it really did. It really fucking did. I'm surprised that, I'm surprised that there wasn't someone there taking minutes. Honestly, if they'd been both been wearing, oh. if they had both been wearing black, I would have thought we were there for a week. I know. Just anyway, so 
that was then, but this is now. And now they start talking and revealing things. And poor Morikawa, like, she's still very self-depreciated. She's all like, I- I'm so sorry, like, how I came across. It just, it felt natural. This is not the happy end. Like, this is, like, the truth is starting to come out. But like you said, it's not necessarily making things easier. These characters still have to deal with it and process it in their own ways through their own, you know, hangups and, and issues. And of course, Morioka's going to say, like, were you let down? Were you disappointed when you found out that it was me, that I was Yuki? Because, yeah. like, I wanted to impress you and be sociable and, and bubbly and everything. And, like, it just felt so, like, yes, like, the writers, like, understand those characters. Yeah, and they understand that kind of character trait that people can have as well, because I think that is very true that for people who do self-depreciate um, to greater or lesser extents, even after they've got past the point of, like, revealing a particular detail, they still try to bring themselves down about it. I've been guilty of that. And, um, you know, it. I think that they, to, to the absolute credit of the writers of this show... They've got the understanding of how people act with that particular, you know, personality trait down to a T. And it feels very, I think for a lot of people, Morikos, I mean, speaking as a cis white guy, um, a cis hetero white guy. How dare you? That's not what it says on your application. Shit. Well, obviously I wasn't going to be a smurf, so there is that. Um, (laughs) But no, speaking speaking as a cis hetero white guy who's also a skinhead, so basically the vanilla of all of the combinations of, you know, physical attributes that you can get. Um, I admittedly don't know if this is true, but I imagine a lot of women, not even necessarily women of Moriko's age, but maybe people, you know, women who are young, like teenagers, 18, 21, you get, you get the point, will probably find her very relatable um, Mm -hmm. in how she like feels about herself. And you know what? I'm glad that we do have a protagonist who who acts like that, but also who is for, with genuine like she generally has likable traits about her. Though, as I said before, when she lets cuts loose a little bit, and, like gets to make her silly faces and gets to react and like you know come and how she acts in the game and what Sakurai even says about her, there's a lot to like about her, but she obviously can't see it in herself or really struggles to. So I'm very glad that such a character does exist who has that quirk that I think is quite common to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that, you know, will stop you necessarily. There will there are people who will see you for what you are and for your good nature. And I think that a lot of people relate to that and find that very reassuring. Absolutely, for sure. And Sakurai does, a, you know, his level best to support and reassure her and to tell her, like, have more confidence in yourself. Give yourself more credit. Yeah, he literally says that. It was, you know, through Karen's article that we mentioned at the beginning of the show kind of spurred me on to to see this. But, you know, we talked about how similar these two are with their um, uh, with their hang-ups, but the Sakurai's, I think, is a little bit of a different uh, flavor. Now, certainly there are plenty of similarities with them. Hmm. Uh, and their anxieties, but he seems to um, want to and take pleasure in like taking care of other people. You know, yes. he takes great pleasure in taking care of Yuki and then of Hayashi, and um, you know he's experiencing this with with Morioka and and Karen in her article asks like why why is this the case when he's the one who's been abandoned and like 
not to go too deeply into my own personal issues, um, but as someone who has experienced parental abandonment and some pretty deep loss um, and someone who's like needed care, I can tell you that being a nurturer to other people, it can bring about self-care, like helping kind of do the things for other people that, that you that you have lacked and that you honestly might have trouble receiving because you've never gotten them. You don't know how to deal with them. Um, you kind of being the tear, tear caker, that's sort caretaker, <laughs> uh, is, is a way to take care of your own self and meet those own needs within yourself. So I think he's, I, I see a little bit of myself and him in, in that way. Yeah. Um, so the conversation continues. Like Mariko, when she's like discussing, she's like lying on the bed and she's got all these like silly, like pouty, like, you know, pudgy, almost, dare I say it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-esque face. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like, at no. least as, as the shape no. goes, as the shape goes, that's exactly what it is. But this is again her, like, Amazing. you know, being open. Like we, we can take, you can take those expressions as her being honest. And mm-hmm. at, at this point, she's like, say, is, you know, I don't know if it's just the phone or if I'm getting hot, like, you know, and, <laughs> that was and, I, amazing. and I'm just like, yeah, that's it. She, she's got the feels for him. She's got the feels for him pretty strong now. Um, is it hot in here or is it just this phone against my head? <laughs> is it, is it hot in here or did I just forgot to put my, uh, fire resistance gear on today? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to tell her about Lily so bad, not to skip ahead. I wanted it, and then... Well, he did. Oh! He did, then, after a fashion. No, but she didn't... Yeah. So, didn't uh, because Sakurai admittedly has been very distracted lately, he's forgotten basic things like charging his phone up. So, he... I mean... He literally says, I've got one other thing to tell you. It takes a deep breath. I'm Lily. And then he's like, Hello, Mariko. Are you there? Oh god, have I killed her? She had a heart attack? And I'd, I'd have thought the same. But no, he looks at his phone and he's got no battery left. Now, one, I'm going to make two points about this. One, um, I, <laughs> one hope, I hope that's... You motherfucker. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I hope I hope that forgetting to charge his phone is like the least of his, the, of his domestic things that he's forgetting. Like, can you imagine that if like Sakurai, because he's been so distracted, he goes to take a number two and finds there's no toilet roll there? Because he's been so distracted <laughs> right. lately. Or, you know, he leaves his oven on. Like, we're going to stand up with, like, that um, that character from uh, Kuchu Baranko, the OCD guy. Oh, yeah. He's going to turn into That's that. Right. He's going to turn into <laughs> that. He's going to be, like, constantly coming back. Shit, have I unlocked my door? Fuck. Um, the second point I'm going to make is that I'm going to tie it back to what I said before about contrivances. Like, because a battery running out in a particular moment like that is the absolute height of, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me narratively speaking because it's just yeah. it's like completely pointing on the brakes on watching me but i again i'm going to take the alternate viewpoint that i proposed before that you, you yourself doc gave last time this has killed the momentum of what sakurai and Mariko were doing dead like they were on the way to talking more and being more open because i think often in a lot of scenarios when you're speaking with someone and that was something deeply important to you actually getting the conversation started is the most difficult part Mm-hmm. Once you've actually got that going, you yourself said it's a snowball. 
you push it down the hill and then it rolls from there on out. But because Sakurai is a dope, um, he's now shot himself in the foot with that. So yeah. what needs to happen there is he needs to have another opportunity given to him in order to talk about this and to reveal this fact um, to Morocco. And there's no guarantee that he would necessarily do that. So I don't mind this so much because while you might very well and very rightly argue that this is just now artificially lengthening the show by putting breaks on it, like, in all honesty, naturally, it should have just been discussed there. He should have revealed it there and then on the phone call. But I'm going to allow it for another reason I'll come to in a moment. So Goalpost mover. Goalpost. Yeah, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head with that. That's what it is. We can't move on yet because... Oh. I, I, I'm just so angry. I'm so <laughs> angry that they did this. I, oh, dear. I wrote, I have, let me count in my notes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. A no with twelve O's. Wow. Uh, in, my, in my handwritten notes on this episode. Damn. Uh, I was so, because it's preceded by, he said it. With four exclamation points. He said, and then the batter, you know, I really do think that, that they were just having fun with us, right? Because the show, I mentioned before, this is what I was talking about. This is the moment. It, it would have made me, it would have generated ill will toward the creators in me if they ended the episode on the battery being out in the phone. Like, the fact that they resolved it in the same episode does a lot for me. Like I can, yeah, yeah. It, it makes me overlook it. Like, because we we're not left waiting and it doesn't, you know, not a lot of time passes. I, there are a lot of anime romantic comedies where something like that'll happen. Like the man will, will be back to back with the lady and he'll confess his feelings to her and turn around and she's asleep and then never tell her again throughout the course of the whole show. Because, it's not meant to actually, you know, resolve that romance. So something like that didn't happen. Like they they figured it out and they they fixed it later in the episode. I also do think that this this point, this thing he needs to tell her, like it's really convenient that this happens. But I sort of think it did need to be told in person. This is, I, I'm yes. glad I'm glad that they're in person. Yes, uh, you know, to have this discussion. Yes, indeed. They just run it. This is the coincidence I feel like you could get mad at because they just bump into each other. I, well. You know, the next day on the street. They've done it before, though, at least. So they yeah. they, they live sort of close by or, or they frequent the same roads. Yeah. So after Sakurai, you know, recharges his phone and buys himself about 10, maybe 12 power packs to go with it. So the <laughs> shit never happens again. Um we find that he's walking home one night having done his grocery shopping and he bumps into Mariko. And this kind of, I, I agree with what you say. Like, this is so very like, oh, right, okay. Now they're suddenly here. Like, there's no build up to this. It just, phone dies, next scene. Oh, okay. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's really, they're just yanking us around because oh, you feel uh, like oh, don't, don't, the next... Don't get me started on yanking me around. I've got, oh. Because you feel like the next, like, you're sort of resetting tonally. You're like, well, we built up, built up. The wave had crested, uh, but it was a false dawn. Yep. And then so you're coming back down, but you don't have time to come back down because boom, they're together. I actually, that's that's kind of smart 
Mm. Um, coincidental though it may be, but just watching it, um, I don't know. I, I enjoy those kind of uh, roller coasters yeah. as, a, as a fan. So they bump into each other, and Mariko, again, bore her. like She's like, oh, I look a mess. I've got no makeup. I'm, I'm so sorry. And God, God's sake, woman, just, just be happy. That's all I want you to be. Like yourself. Please. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Mariko's uh, stomach starts growling. And Sakurai, thing. and Sakurai's like, don't be embarrassed. I've got some grub. Let's go and take a five minutes to sit down and talk. So they do. And this is what this is one of those things. Like, in any sort of hidden identity, uh, you know, double life kind of thing going on, in soaps, in drama, in rom-coms, you name it, there's always that one scene in which mm-hmm. the person will say to the other person... Oh, you've totally got to meet this person I've met online. They're so <laughs> much like you. It like the, the, you and her would get along so well, and which which she said before. Yes, sort of. And Sakurai, and Issa says, "No, that's impossible." And Mariko's and Mariko's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I guess." Oh. I, guess. I was like, "Oh man, don't set her off." Just, just tell her. You're right. This is too sudden. Like we say, can't get say, together. This is you're impossible. busy. Yeah. yeah. She's, oh. yeah. She's all like, "You're busy. I get it." And he's like, "No, no, that's not what I meant." He's just sitting there listening to it. I'm just like, "Come on, just get in there." God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so he stands up, looks her in the eye, and says, "The reason that we can't, I can't play with Lily, is because I am Lily." And then, credits. Like, you said yanking by the chain, but ending on that moment and going to credits, leaving a week for me to wait for that, for for us to find out what is said and what happens next. Oh! It's a perfect, it's a really good cliffhanger. I feel like a... I'm entirely entirely happy with this cliffhanger. I feel like a domestic... Because everything is known. Yes. Everything is out there. No revelations remain. There's not like a backdoor, like, well, she's this knowledge still has to be found. It's like everything's out there. And now the next two episodes, we get the fallout. We get them coming to terms, dealing with it, and seeing how that goes down. Yes. Boy, why stay the fuck asleep? I, I think at this point, he's out of the game. There's no way. There's no way he could. <sighs> He'll come back. I mean, there. so I, well, you know what? This is not the prediction radio or anything, but in my mind, I feel like so very often what will happen with something like this is, um, you know, be, because of the time that's left to fill, some of, some of the goodwill they have toward each other will be undone. There'll be some kind of misunderstanding. Like when, uh, in Yuri on Ice, when Yuri, the uh, skater, came in, yes. the coach was you know, with another man and, and it, you know, and they separated and had to, to rebuild back up their relationship. And it had been built up so slowly over a long period of time that this just felt like, Oh, well, we've got some episodes left. We need some tension. And God, I really hope that they don't do that uh, here. I hope it's just them taking their first steps together as a couple and figuring it out. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that is 
that's the episode with the the, the, the cliffhanger that I, I'm glad I got at the same time I feel like I've been like assaulted. I <laughs> like how dare you? How dare you after eight episodes of build ups this moment end it at that particular point and then force me to wait a week? It's like being winded, but then having to wait a week for you to be unwinded. Mm-hmm. Bastards. Absolute bastards. Good anime it leaves you feeling harrowed and violated. Yeah, in a good way. This is why I was about to say, like, I, I feel like... Um, no, actually, I'm not even going to make that joke. Look, let's just put it this way, right? I'm glad that, every, as you've rightly pointed out, that everything is now out in the open and we can actually get some time devoted to developing what goes from here, as opposed to having it be, there. I say, the two-minute epilogue of episode 10, which I would... Christ almighty. Which I could see it being, but would be so incredibly underwhelming. It would... It would be awful. Yes. Yes. So, thank God. Thank, thank the Lord. God. It's out there. At long last. And kudos to both Mariko and Sakurai for making the decisions and the steps that made that happen. Like, it wasn't, yes. for example, that, like, Kowai simply dropped the li- like the truth to one of them. <laughs> which it could have been. It's like, here's hidden camera footage of Sakurai talking to himself about it. Yeah, like, he's... Oh, li- like, oh, no, 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 imagine, imagine, right, if, like, say, Kowai was in Sakurai's apartment and was filming him playing through Demare on his phone and then sent a video to Moriko saying, oh, look at my friend, he's such a twerp, isn't he? But then Moriko takes a close look at the footage and sees that he's playing Lily. That would suck. That would be... That would that just would, be terrible. That would be awful. I would hate that. But what we've actually got here is both of them making definitive steps to bring this about with Sakurai choosing the character name to finally spark things off there, light the fuse. And then Moriko, despite the fact, as I say, that little scene where she resists just for a moment, picking up her phone and calling him and asking him directly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. God bless you guys. Now don't fuck the rest of this up! And I, you know, at the beginning of the show, it's doubtful that either of them would have taken that step. But... Things have happened such that, you know, I think that have have helped them grow to the point where they feel like they can they can do that. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, thoughts and rating? I don't really have anything much else to add from what I've already said, other than that I suppose, like, I'm just curious what will happen next. Like, I wonder if indeed there will be that, like, you know, the, the 11th hour problem or the hang-up that will potentially sabotage things but then we get them like you know realizing oh wait no no no, we can get past this we've had those instances like where the phone dies where it stops things in progress like they've already got past the the big hump but now like and then they have to progress it from there this is the biggest hump of all and now it's over with so i don't doubt that in the end they'll be together um what i want to find out is for what reasons they'll be together like I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that like you know that their shared love of MMOs will be a thing but also what about their personalities and moreover I still really really want to see some more insight into Moriko's like previous work life and also a resolution to her living arrangements and her work arrangements because as I've said many times on this stream of thought about this show her situation even if she does end up getting with Sakurai can't last forever. I feel like in the last few moments you've been talking, I had a revelation. Koiwai is going to hire her. That I could see happening. I think she's going to be hired to work in their office. Yeah. 
That I, that I do see happening, as a matter of fact. Well, I, I want something to happen that will ultimately resolve that. But I also do want a little bit of time devoted to examining that. Maybe just more of a heart time. Maybe, maybe that could be the thing that forces them apart, like where Sakurai pushes her a little too hard on discussing in more detail. I hope they're not pushed apart. No, 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 no. What I mean to say is that's the thing, like, that she's not ready to discuss that with him and that she freaks out and says, like, runs away. I I don't know. But then later they come back and she says, okay. I could see it happening. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hell, here's how I would do it. Like, have her discuss it with him in person, or rather have him try to discuss it in person. That causes us to freak out. And then when they log in again online, they go back to that tree, and that's when they talk about it. Because that's a more comfortable zone mm. for her than being in person, at least for the moment with him. Because she's not ready to kind of get that intimate with her. <laughs> in the future, in the future, they're going to live in the same house, but talk to each other through the MMO. That would surprise me. <laughs> it, it, it really wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Can I make, can I make, some, <laughs> can I make some of my fairly far out predictions here? Of course. Alright, so, first off, the closing credit sequence for episode 10. I'm going to put this out here right now. I reckon that these two Muppets are going to get married. And I reckon that, or at least maybe this is less a prediction more what I would do if I was directing this show. So please ignore my hubris if it's crap. But uh, here's, how I would, here's how I would do it. So you have them getting married, okay? And I'd probably have Kowai's best man. He'd still be like, good, Sakura-chan. Yeah, no of shit. course, of course. But, but what I'd also then do is I would juxtapose the shots of them getting married, like all the various bits, like the idea... Oh, it's a wow wedding. (laughs) Well, yeah, with an online version of that happening as well. With it, you know, Hayashi and Lily getting married at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, not same time, literally, but you know what I mean, like, in the sequence of shots. Because weddings between uh, people who met up through wow have happened. Mm -hmm. I I know that for a fact. I I mean, I wasn't... I've, I've not seen any in person, but I know that that's definitely happened. Uh, there are Weddings and funerals, yeah. Yeah, it's happened. So that's what I'm going to guess will happen. And if it doesn't, eh, whatever. But hey, uh, final racing for this episode. Um, I'm going to knock some points off, well, some bits off for the opening bits that I wasn't so hot on. But once we finally got to that point where Sakurai starts discussing MMOs, from that point onwards, everything was just fantastic. Um, minus some odd bits with the SOS fluid plate thing, which I was like, eh? <laughs> what? What? Like, this is still not funny to me personally, but whatever. <laughs> Who cares? I'm not interested in that anyway. So I'm going to, in the end, give this show, or this episode rather, uh, a... I'm going to give it four out of five bars of cell phone charge. Damn you, you stole my... <laughs> <laughs> you stole my imagery. Got you. <clears throat> All right. I got you, Doc. Yep. You did. I read you. You did. Like in fighting games, because that's what I am. I'm a fighting game player. Right, you did. That was hard, the hardest of reads. I'll, I'll show up now. I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, this episode, for me, it was like great sex. <laughs> it, what? Were you smoking afterwards? Yes. I needed a post-coital... <laughs> Uh, cigarette, absolutely. It kept getting better and better and better. The highs were so high, and then you think it's over. Nope. Still more pleasure and awesomeness left right up to the very end. Unbelievable. Unpredictable. Yeah, I loved every single thing about it. The show has really come to a crescendo. It started strong and has 
led up to this moment. I'm gonna give this episode five. <laughs> count them. Five sweet sticky buns out of five. Nice. I, I have to say though, your sex metaphor. Then I, I thought to myself, given the way the show ends, would that not make you think of blue balls? Because I sure as shit felt like I had fucking blue balls when it fucking ended on that cliffhanger. I did not. So I I I thought that was fine. I I was per, I was very satisfied. I, I'm not I'm not bad. I'm not legitimately bad. I'm <laughs> I'm faux bad. I'm not going to hold it against you because I couldn't take it's, anymore. It's, I was it, I, I yeah. said this. I said the safe word. <laughs> <laughs> and then they stopped. What was... More could have happened. All right. Um, so, yes. Uh, thank you all very much for listening to episode eight. Uh, we are now caught up, I believe. Um, we just... Yeah, as at the time of this recording, uh, yes. I hope to get this episode out before nine airs, but we will see. We'll see. Uh, it's, a busy, it's a busy week for me, so I can't promise it, but going to try. Mm. Editing seven as we speak. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, uh, by the way, just a reminder for those of you who heard earlier, but might have forgot about it, given how long this is going on for, uh, please do absolutely check out Karen's article. We'll include a link for it somewhere mm-hmm. with the post that this goes with. Uh, it's very much a worthwhile read about this show and the, uh, issue of gender within it and the portrayal thereof. Um, as for me, I've been Shaden. Uh, I am now super fucking old, so I might as well just call myself Old Shaden from here on out. And merely I realize, I <laughs> I admittedly- Old- yeah, like 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 old Snake from Metal Gear Solid Four, I guess. <laughs> but to be fair, I can't really call myself that, given that Doc is older than me, so it would be disingenuous. Um, it's it is true. It yeah, is true. so I'll uh, I'll give that a miss, and I'll just be usual Shaden from here on out. Uh, you can find me at curiouscat.me forward slash Shaden if you've got anything you want to throw my way. Again, as long as it's not any pointed or really unusual, um, you know, political questions, then that's great. Actually, no, Sonic, send them my way anyway. We'll have a good laugh. Why the fuck not? Why are the socialists so stupid? Because they haven't watched this glorious show and realized what the joy of life is. There you go. What? It's a trick question. You're a trick. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> um, Get out, fake Arnold. Or fa- no, I'm going to call you Faunold. Faux Arnold. It's the golden one. I just can't do his accent, so I default to Fo- this one. I'm going I'm to call you Faunold. Faux Arnold. The hey. fool's golden one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. Um, Doc, what about yourself? Where you may be, where you may be find on the uh, the interweb? Well, uh, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at the Subtle Doctor. Um, I am happy to talk about uh, the world of Frudemir or other delights uh, with you. On there, or if you have a question in which you feel Twitter might not be the most appropriate format, or uh, you just want to hear, you know, me go into uh, more depth, uh, or you just want to be an asshole and you know try to uh, send me uh, off on one, then you can find me at uh, curiouscat.me. Slash the subtle doctor. Um, just a moment here. I have been trying to stall for time because I'm trying to pull something up that I want to mention. All right. And before we go, special shout outs and thanks to you, iTunes user YFSGT, who recently gave us a rating on iTunes uh, and review. Um, 
it's been uh, it's been a, mi- a minute since we've got a review on iTunes. It's been 13 months. You ungrateful bastards. Uh, we, <laughs> well, we're going to get plenty of reviews now. Since we got now. a review on iTunes. We're going to get plenty of reviews now that you've said that, but I don't think they're going to be what you want. <laughs> um, come at me, bro. Good. All right, fair enough. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I appreciate any any feedback, and uh, special thanks to you. Um, iTunes user for the lovely review. Um, they call us very charming and likable. So... Uh, you know, your your taste in, in host's side, we appreciate it. With that, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, for Shaden, I'm the Subtle Doctor, and hopefully very soon we'll be coming at you with episode nine of MMO Junkie. But until then, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. No sign-off from you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Matane. Matane.